Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Aliyah Kamalova with teammate Kayleen Holden and guest co-host Kia Myers-Dugan. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Sometimes you know when a company is not a good fit for you, whether you notice it in a job interview, five months working in that company, or five years into working at that company. But there's one thing that's definitely true. Toxic workplaces can lead to stress, burnout, and serious disruptions in your normal life. That's why on today's episode, we'll be discussing our own personal experiences with toxic work environments and five red flags to absolutely avoid in a company. Also, today is the last episode Kia will be joining us. It's been such a pleasure to have you, Kia, and thank you for providing us with all of your expert advice these past few weeks. Thank you so much, Aaliyah. You know, this has really been a wonderful experience. It's been a true honor and a pleasure to be sitting in Lauren's seat, very big seat and shoes to fill, but I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to do this and to be here with both of you. And it's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much. And now this is The Females. I think we all have recognized a situation where on the surface level, a company may seem great, but then you start to notice all these small or maybe big red flags popping up. And I'm curious if either of you have had experiences like that. And what were those red flags that you started to notice? You know, I had to think a little bit because I think so often they're insidious things. They're really small things that you notice and you're like, that's interesting. And, but you just incorporate it, right? Like you don't, you don't let it stop you. And sometimes it's unfortunate because then it becomes a big thing, but I certainly have experienced this. And I can think of a few examples that really like, even to this day, give me a pit in my stomach, but there's one particular example I remember where, and I caveat this to say that, you know, as a leader in a business, you have to do what you have to do, right? Like when you're working with clients, you, you know, you can't put up the air 
that you're uncomfortable or that you may not be as much of an expert as you say you are. But I remember in this one particular company, you know, we had really positioned ourselves as experts in a place that we weren't necessarily experts. And in some places that paid off, but there are some places where the client absolutely saw through it. And I mean, I I still remember this meeting. We all were sitting around the table. We had given this big presentation and the client just completely lit into us to the point. And I was getting ready to go on vacation to the point where it was like, oh, the chickens have finally come home to roost on this, right? Like we just, we, we did that, you know, Mm -hmm. nice glittery presentation one too many times. And the client completely called us on it. And, um, and we almost lost the business because of it. Kayleen, have you had uh, any red flags that you've noticed? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I did not have to think hard on this one. Uh, I feel like I've actually mentioned this before, but without naming any names, I don't even have, this is a company where I was there for six weeks. It was that bad. And I quit with nothing lined up. Basically, it was for an influencer-y type of business where I think there weren't really any red flags in the interview process necessarily. But when I got in, the red flag started basically immediately. There was definitely no separation between work and life balance. Um, If you were on the payroll at this company, you were on the payroll to do anything and everything. And it was personality-based. So that that included driving to these people's houses, getting involved with their children, being involved in their marriage, which that was sort of the second to last straw for me, was when I was receiving calls from a husband and a wife both telling me different things about the other person. I was like, this is oh gosh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, so, uh, for me, I mean, I was new to Los Angeles at that time and I feel like I was, you know, I was thinking, let me, let me try this thing out and I would never touch a celebrity or anyone even remotely well-known with a 20,000 foot pole. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Not Mm. to say that everyone's bad, but, um, it just was, it was a situation where there was no work-life balance. I, I never got the chance for one second to do what I was hired to do. And I felt like a, uh, you know, whatever they wanted you to be in the day, which normally I feel like I am a very good team player, but I was not a nanny. I wasn't a babysitter at that point. I was. Yeah. (laughs) Mine is kind of similar to that in terms of like the work-life balance. Whenever I joined um, a company and there was like a West Coast and East Coast branch and we were all like assistant level, like administrative assistant. And I remember the East Coast office, they had their e- like their work emails on their phones. Like they were allowed to take it out of the office and put it on like their personal phones. And the West Coast, for whatever reason, like we weren't allowed to take our emails on our phones. Like it had to stay at the office if you whatever work you were doing. And for some reason, I remember when I was communicating with the East Coast office, they were like, it, you're so lucky that you're not allowed to take your emails home. And I was like, okay, like, I guess that's good. Like, yeah, maybe that's a sign of healthy work-life balance because they don't want us. It's definitely just for their own personal, like privacy sake that they couldn't do it because the company, whatever, I don't know the details of it. However, we didn't allow, we didn't get our access to our emails, but we had to make up all the East Coast, like they're working constantly, right? Like all hours of the night, 
if their boss is emailing and they're like responding within an hour or so. We had to still do the same amount of work, um, which I found out very soon after, but within you know our office hours, which meant people were just staying later at the office. There wasn't like a sense of like, we're cutting out at this time because we're this cool laid back West Coast office. It was definitely like, no, you just have to stay here longer or like make it up somehow. Like, so that was definitely like uh, an interesting one because almost it could be portrayed in a good light that we had that <laughs> little perk. But I think it was totally a red flag and we worked way too much. So now that we've shared all of our red flag stories, I'm sure um, many of the listeners have their own red flags that they can identify. But coming up, we'll share five red flags that you should look out for and avoid in companies. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Our first red flag is bad communication. Insufficient, confusing, or scattered communication is the culprit of so many problems in the workplace. So how do you tell if bad communication is leading to workplace toxicity? So here are a few examples of bad communication. This could be constant lack of clarity around projects, different employees receiving different messages, passive aggressive communication, failure to listen, constant off-hours communication. So the takeaway here is if your company has bad communication methods, hold on tight. You're likely in a toxic environment that's only going to get worse with time. So I think this is similar to what my red flag was. And I think um, it's so hard to get out of this toxic, bad communication cycle once it's embedded in the company culture where it's like, We all speak like this, or this is how we always run meetings. What do you all think? You know, I will say that, you know, unfortunately, I've had a lot of experiences around each of these, but one of the most dangerous is what you were just saying is this whole like, well, this is the way that this is the way that we talk. Mm -hmm. This is the way that we've always done it. And that is so dangerous because, you know, and I might be stepping into our next tip, but it's so dangerous because it doesn't leave room for individual thought. It doesn't leave room for growth. And so people just kind of feel pigeonholed when you kind of get into that. This is the, this is the way that we do it kind of mentality. And it can be, it can be very dangerous, especially for new employees that are trying to grow and you just absorb these bad habits that you then take with you wherever you go, because that's, that's normal Mm -hmm. for you. And what would be like the advice for someone who recognizes that they're in this kind of loop or like this culture of communication already exists within the company? How do you like speak up or change that when it's kind of embedded already? Yeah, I think certainly two things I would say. One is to first go to your manager have a conversation, but bring examples, right? Remove the emotion from it as much as possible, but bring examples of, hey, I'm noticing some things that 
I have questions about, right? Like I wouldn't even say the, I have concerns, right? I have questions about these things, have some specific examples. And if there have been any impacts or implications of those examples and just, you know, open it up for conversation, right? You may have a solution, uh, but if you're, again, if you're a newer employee, if you're a little junior and aren't ready to, you know, put yourself out in that way, certainly opening it up for conversation with your manager to say like, is this how it is? What can be done? You know, can we, can we work on something together? But the other suggestion I would have is to, if, you know, we've talked about having trusted coworkers, trusted colleagues within the organization. If there is someone that you trust within the organization, I would also, you know, this doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You can do this in parallel with going to your manager is going to a trusted colleague to say like, Hey, like, is this the way it is here? And just see if there have been like, are there glimmers of hope or is this the way that Mm -hmm. it is? And it's getting worse because then my next piece of advice is, listen to your gut. <laughs> it's probably time for you to, to go because if it's so ingrained in the culture, you as an individual are not going to, to change it. It has to start at the top or at least the people at the top have to be open to it. I would also say like, I'm just, just looking at these examples over and over again. I feel like when communication's bad, I find that that normally comes hand in hand with a big micromanager too, who will mm-hmm. come in and, and micromanage mm-hmm. it to, to death such that like, no, there is clarity around this project. No, I, I did tell this person this and I told, and you should all be talking to each other. I, I find that that's where micromanagers actually thrive. So they don't mm-hmm. even necessarily see it because mm-hmm. they're just going in and throwing like little band-aids on leaks everywhere. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they're not yeah. so partnered up, but I feel like in my experience they have been. Yeah, it's kind of when there's like a bunch of motion, there's like a lot of people being CC, there's meetings, but no movement on any projects. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, why are we doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the red flag to the red mm-hmm. flag, for sure, for sure. And speaking of red flags, our second red flag is unmotivated coworkers. So we're not saying that you should judge your work on the quality or lack of quality of those around you. However, you can find yourself in a workplace full of unmotivated coworkers it's going to take a toll on you without a doubt. There's a strong likelihood that you're going to shoulder a lot of the work that they aren't handling and or their lack of motivation is probably going to burn you out with a type of under-challenged burnout, if you will. So just like your coworkers can inspire you to work harder, be better, or incubate new ideas, they can also wear and tear you down. So the takeaway here is that, unfortunately, unless you are in a leadership position, this problem is indicative of much larger problems, and it is unlikely that you are going to learn and grow in this environment, as we were just saying in the last tip. But the thing I want to add here, and I'm curious to hear you guys' perspective, is in addition to unmotivated coworkers being a red flag, I would also say apathetic co-workers, people that are just Mm -hmm. like sarcastic along the lines of what you were saying, Aaliyah, of, you know, the, well, this is the way that we've done it. This is the way that we communicate it. So don't even bother, right? So it's, it's taking that unmotivated down another click. What, what are you guys' thoughts or, or experiences with this? 
I think the apathetic coworkers, I agree, are just as influential as unmotivated coworkers because you have to ask why, where is this apathy coming from? Is it from like, oh, they know that, you know, their work won't be rewarded in some sort of way? Are they underappreciated? I think you can look beyond just like, oh, it's just their personality type. If it's a group or a company culture at some point, especially when you're entering a company and you're new, I think if you're immediately facing people that are unmotivated and apathetic when it should be like the most energized time, then that's definitely a red flag to look out for. And I agree that it's tough to do much when you're not in a leadership position because you can only just shift your personal mindset so much before you're like, okay, this is really starting to take a toll when there's so many people that are feeling unmotivated or apathetic in this company. It's actually really funny you bring up apathetic coworkers because yesterday we had a piece about we've been profiling anti-skills, which is basically the skills you don't want to bring to work. And we had an article come out yesterday about uh, apathy at work, which we can link to in the show notes too. But I mean, we talk all the time about how empathy is so important in the workplace. So just by knowing simple fact that they are opposites is like, it's huge. And yeah, to your point, Aaliyah, the thing of coming into especially a new workplace and everyone's kind of unmotivated. And I don't know, I feel that I've had this happen a couple of times where you start a job and you're like, you should be at least excited for the first couple of weeks. And when you're not, when you have that like ick feeling right away. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes for me, I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. it's just because I could be like more shy or introverted, but you sort of know in your gut sometimes yeah. and it just doesn't get better. And yeah, you feel powerless because what are you going to come in and just start changing everything? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure those unmotivated coworkers <laughs> won't feel very motivated if the new person's coming in and is like, come on, guys. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves um, that. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And yes. And I feel like there have been certain roles where I have been that person where I've been the new person be like, oh my God, like, Mm -hmm. let's go. Like, we're doing great work here. Come on. And I think in retrospect, I think that one of the other things that you can look out for is when you are having conversations with your new colleagues that have been there for a while that maybe are apathetic or unmotivated is watching their language with you right off the bat. You know, when usually when people are new, like think about when you're in an interview situation, people don't tell you all the dirt right off the Mm -hmm. bat, right? When you ask like, what's one thing you would change? People don't say, well, let me, how much time do we have, right? Like they don't go right in. And so you try to create a bubble for new people because you don't want to kill their spirit right off the bat. If you're feeling down Mm -hmm. and out, like I got to get out of here. But pay attention to the language people use with you, how open they are with you about their frustrations, because that's going to be your cue right away. So what you were saying, Kayleen, about like, you want to be in the honeymoon for the first couple of weeks, but if right away you're getting deluged with the, you know, negative Nancy comments, that's something to pay attention to, put it in your work journal, just keep a, a tab. But be sure that you're listening to your own voice in the, in the midst of all this because you don't know what's causing them to be so negative and apathetic and unmotivated. So that brings us to our third red flag. Our third red flag is rapid employee turnover. Rapid employee turnover is a pretty sure sign that your workplace is toxic. Conversely, if employees are constantly being laid off or fired, that's also pretty toxic. High employee turnover 
usually means that there's disorganization, a lack of direction, bad leadership, or just no opportunity. So pay attention to the turnover rate in your company. I think you can usually find out things like this on Glassdoor or or even LinkedIn, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. if you look, search the company mm-hmm. and see, you know, how many people have hold, held this specific position. The takeaway, rapid turnover is a big sign that things are bad or about to get worse. If you can, try speaking with some of the employees who either left, were fired, or were laid off. I mean, do you all think there's a way to ask about this during the job interview process that's not so blatant? (laughs) I think there's two questions you can ask. One is just asking about the history of the role and who's held it before you. And then you could ask about, without like directly asking, you could ask about the makeup of your team. I think that's a way you can find out. You know, the other thing, if you're really doing deep research ahead of an interview, you know, sometimes you can see if the, if the person gets named when you're asking, like, who had this role before me? Or can you tell me about the person or persons who had the role before me? You know, LinkedIn, if you're doing if you're doing some search on a company, you can see people who currently work there or who have worked there. You can certainly attempt to reach out and and try to get some information In the past, when I have interviewed at companies, you know, I always find someone on the inside and I have, after I leave interviews, I will then go to that person and say, hey, like, this is what I picked up on. And I have had many things confirmed just from kind of putting the pieces together, but speaking to someone who left that company and, you know, is willing to talk. Not everyone's willing to talk, but for those who are, that could be a great source of information mm-hmm. for you. I think I always mm-hmm. want to, it's like my dream article to write, and I don't know I haven't yet, but just about kind of sleuth. There's so much information you could find about a company, but doing mm-hmm. like a super sleuth thing right before, I mean, you could find out so much on LinkedIn, Twitter, Glassdoor is really great. And then just, you know, your run-of-the-mill Google searches on the company about leadership, everything. You could find out a lot. Pretend the job is an X. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> and then you'll get going. All of a sudden, you're That's on the, the worst Instagram ever. page. <laughs> so our fourth red flag is the company that hypes up perks without providing substantial support for their employees. So, for instance, if you notice that your company brags about their ping pong table or fancy company retreat, yet they evade your questions when you want to discuss benefits, leadership opportunities, promotions, raises, etc. That is not a good sign. So the takeaway we want you to absorb here is that more than likely the company is not looking out for its employees. And I will say I was listening to a podcast just today where they were talking about companies that show compassion for their employees, that show that they care about their employees and are invested in them in that way, those companies have a 14,000% likelihood that they will be more profitable. So, you know, just showing that your employees are your best assets, your customers are your best assets, your shareholders are your best assets. And if you're not taking care of people, you know, the likelihood that your company overall, the big picture is not going to be as rosy as you would like it to be. Mm -hmm. I think you also, if you start to notice that like these quote unquote benefits or perks, whatever the company calls them, 
feel more like a PR or marketing campaign internally or externally than human resources or like employee support of some sort. Like it, it probably is just that, like a marketing campaign. And I honestly think that a lot of those types of companies that prioritize all these shiny items also have the rapid turnover <laughs> because it's like they get people coming in quickly and then people start to realize like, oh, I guess I don't need kombucha on tap, but I do need <laughs> like, you know, so a new computer to work on or something. So yeah, I think this is a really important uh, red flag to look out for. Yeah. And I want to correct myself, fact check myself. It was not 14,000%. It was 1400%. So for anyone who's <laughs> sleuthing out there, I'm correcting myself. <laughs> 1,400 yeah, percent. Our fact checkers are out there. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to send an email and they go, okay, I won't this time. He's wrong. <laughs> this, this is going to be increasingly important as companies are gearing up to either return to uh, mm. physical offices or not or offer some flexibility. I think this is a huge one to pay attention to. I saw this article this morning about forget what they're they were calling it like the great exit or the great resignation I think and there's this thought that when a lot of companies are really trying to steamroll their way back into an office that a lot of people are gonna say no that no way yeah like uh, it's not happening Mm -hmm. um and I think employees who have made this last year work are I think well within their rights but yeah, yeah, I agree. And I totally spoiled the fifth red flag earlier. <laughs> uh, but if you feel in your gut that something's wrong, just like when you eat spoiled food or too much candy or when you're talking about a horrific job that you had many years ago and it makes you sick on a podcast five years later, <laughs> then that's a good warning sign. So if your gut is telling you that your workplace is bad, it probably is. I think this yes. red flag kind of summarizes all the other red flags that we mentioned. Sometimes you just know. Mm-hmm. We were like, hmm, that was That's an interesting right. statement that that person said. And then, you know, like later it'll come to fruition, whatever. It's definitely just follow your gut and don't stick around if it gets very toxic because that's going to mentally and physically take a toll for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and you can even share future topics that you want us to cover. They really help our show ratings and that means The Females will get recommended more often to new listeners. If you want to stay up to date with Career Contessa, subscribe to our newsletter. Every week you'll receive career advice to guide you to be your best professional self. That's linked in the show notes. Also, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, today is Kia's last episode as a guest host. Kia, where can people follow you for more great career content? Thank you, Kayleen. And thank you, Aaliyah. So of course, you can book a mentor session with me. I am a career contestant mentor. So uh, feel free to book a session with me. You can also follow me on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn. And both of these ways, or actually all three of these ways to get in touch with me are in the show notes as well. 